contacted me pretty right away. We tried to set up a date and I like rescheduled twice. He's like, if, if you reschedule again, you're never going to hear from me. I was like, oh, I kind of like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, tell me what to do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A little toxicity is okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Don't be such a pushover. <laughs> Welcome to Unshut, a place where if at any point you feel like you need to shut the f up, don't. Welcome to Stranger Danger. Thank you. It Thanks was so nice me. to finally meet you in person and put a, a body to an online face. I know. I know. I told my husband earlier, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go meet Mo. I mean, I've been friends with him on Instagram for a while, yeah. but now finally meeting you. So. I don't know if you remember this, but I DM'd you and was like, oh my gosh, you should be on reality TV. Do you remember me telling you this on a random yes. DM? Yes. Yeah. Well, I did interview. I know. Uh, for, well, so I got cast for Selling You By. That's airing now. So that would have been me, but my ex-husband put into the divorce papers that I could not leave. Or no my way. son would get taken away. So I had to decline. And I was like the lead role. Because of, like, he didn't want you to travel that far? Yeah. Okay, we're going to touch on that here in a little bit. You, you, you started it, so... Before we jump into that, what do you do? So, I am a connector. I build relationships in real estate. I've been an entrepreneur in sales and in other businesses my entire entire working career. Started out with, like, aggressive sales. I owned mall kiosks for about like seven to eight years. Then I owned a home servicing company, all kind of sales. And then in my divorce, it was like, okay, I need to re, re uh, you know, rethink who I am and what am I good at? Let's go down to the basics, connecting with people. I love sales and I just don't like a cap on what I can do, the possibilities. And that was real estate. Have you always been with type key real estate? No. So I okay. started out with like a major box brokerage during COVID. So I started November, 2020, but I remember starting out and they're like, you, you need to go to the grocery store and wear your name tag upside down to create conversations. And it was during COVID. I'm like, well, we can't really do that. Learned a little bit while I was there. Ultimately, they just put a lot of restrictions on what I could do. And that's totally not my vibe and who I am. Like I just, I just always want to do what I want to do. That's what led me to Matt and Alex and Taiki. And I just love them like family. Like I started with them and I was like rock bottom and they saw like a light in me because I was driven but I didn't have the experience and mm -hmm. they gave me opportunity like yeah. they provided a pathway that wasn't just structural like classes or what to do like they actually brought opportunity to me and I see those opportunities and since then it's just been like 95% of my business is referrals. I feel like there's a little bit of rebellion in what they do and something that I have built a very consistent career on is being a little bit rebellious in everything that I do. They are doing something years later people are going to be looking like we get it. Not everyone gets it but we get it and then but years later down the line they're going to look back wow look at what Matt and Alex built. It's so true not everyone's going to get it because there's so much in my career there doesn't like I just talked about this in a couple of episodes like cheerleading choreography construction it doesn't make sense to people well that's the beauty of it it doesn't have to make sense and not everyone's going to get it but right. when it fits when it does start to make sense to people they'll catch on eventually so wait the cheerleading thing i don't know much about that cat mentioned it today and i'm like wait what i joined my cheerleading team in high school for the first time i was exposed to the idea that you can like 
flip around and also dance. And I've always loved dancing. I started doing hip hop when I was really young. And I taught myself how to flip, which is tumbling, because I was obsessed with the Power Rangers. So <laughs> as a little boy, I'm like, I want to flip around the house because that's what the Power Rangers were doing. And so as I got older, I saw cheerleading for the first time and I'm like, they tumble, they dance. I'm gonna give this a shot. And in high school, I was very like, try it all. And I ended up doing cross country and I loved running back then. Don't fucking like running now and I'm not <laughs> gonna go running anytime soon. And so I joined the cheerleading team and from day one, I remember thinking like, I feel like I can build such an awesome career out of this. And it's interesting because going back to like our rebellion, right? Knowing how to, people don't get it. So many people were like, well, why aren't you going to Hollywood and pursuing this? I could go into back to LA and work with some big names and really work up the ladder. I'm like, but I'm trying to make fucking money. I was poor my entire life, like dead poor. Yeah. So my thought process was in cheerleading, I'm like, people are paying like over $3,000 for me to go and be with them for three, four hours in one day. And so there, there's always been strategy in every journey I've taken. That was one of them. We have yeah. a lot in common. I was cheerleading my entire life varsity cheerleading dance. Stop. Stop. American, all the things. Oh my um, gosh. Started my own go-go dance group at 19. Stop. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, you know, rave dancing, um, but I was making money off of it. So I would just get my girlfriends who liked to dance. I would make the outfits. My grandma would s literally help sew these outfits <laughs> with me. This is, this is amazing. And I would set up my family at the front tables get letting everyone into the raves and i would make money and have so much fun when did you start chilling three i mean that was like my only constant in my life like kind of rough childhood super poor also like cheerleading i would have to do all the fundraisers so i would be able to provide for my uniform that's how i got good at sales knocking on companies trying to sell those plaques to pay for my uniform like no one was going to pay for that shit I <laughs> that was it. on me and so i just got really good at convincing people to buy stuff um i cannot wait for my mom to listen into <laughs> this episode because same thing I was knocking on doors doing, wanting to clean someone's house or yeah. cut their grass to pay for my camp or even my uniform. Yeah. I used to clean my dance studio. I used to mop her floors I until it. it wasn't enough for her and then she kicked me out. <laughs> she still followed me on Instagram. Yeah, cells, I mean, that's how, that's really how it started is mm -hmm. like trying to get those uniforms because that was the one thing I loved. Um, and now I was just talking to my husband about this. He doesn't have much like music or like dance. Like, I just want to go dance. Like I recently stopped drinking and I'm like, I just want to go dance. Like, can we just find some like sober dance places? Cause it's just, you get into like, you know, euphoria and he just doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I actually used to make jokes when I was younger. One day it would be so awesome to start a sober club that also offered daycare. And let me tell you why. So it, it, I'm just, I'm covered in chills because it's, I really do, I, I don't need to talk about it in, in every fucking episode. I don't need to talk about it, but this is why I believe in intuition. I believe in the universe and it's just beautiful the way it works, but it would be awesome to provide an environment where people could come in and just dance and have fun, have mocktails, but also like you don't have to 
to worry about leaving your kids with someone. Have your kids be downstairs. And so when I was younger, I used to always make jokes about that. I'm like, gosh, if there was only a nightclub where you didn't have to drink and people could also watch your kids. And I didn't have kids at the time, Let's honestly. So, right? Let's put it together. It's always like the buck wild ideas because everyone's like, well, no one's doing it that way. Well, that's exactly why. Think about all the stay-at-home moms with their kids who just want to also like get endorphins themselves but tire out their children my son and i so we i was a single mom for just a, until like a month ago and we cook a lot together and i've seen that we'll, on your stories we'll dance bachata in the kitchen Stop. yes that's our like well so he, he's like mom turn the music on and so that's like our little dance i love every it. time we're cooking um but that would be so fun to have like a play date so he can make friends. One thing, so my ex-husband's from Israel. Their culture is very much that without needing to go get drunk. Like yep. they dance, the kids are involved, the community is coming together like all the time, weekly. Um, weddings, you know, and it's like I'm, I've always been envious of that. I love that you do that with your son and he has a really cool name because... I've only heard that name once, and obviously for the obvious reasons, um, but tell everyone what his name is. Yeah, so his name is Elon, um, and so it, Israeli culture, Jewish culture is, uh, you always use like a Hebrew name. So I had to come up with a Hebrew name. He was born in Austin. He's going to get raised here. I didn't want it to be like uncomfortable or like, you know, like one of those like tragic mom, why'd you name me that? And so he was born on January 19th which in Israel is a holiday for trees called Tubishvat. Elon means oak tree. That is so, I would have never known that. So, and it goes full circle. I've also always been obsessed with Elon Musk, like day, day one. And then, so when he was born, like I sent him a, a Twitter, like, hey, you know, I named my son after you. Where's my Tesla? Okay. <laughs> uh, we dressed up as astronauts and I did uh, Occupy Mars. And I'm like, sent him another DM, like, hey, where's my free Tesla? Like <laughs> That is incredible. <laughs> and so now we read books about Elon Musk um, and, and Elon is like, he, he wants to be an entrepreneur. If you ask him, he, he doesn't say anything else, but uh, not an entrepreneur, um, engineer. You mentioned him cooking with you in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I've seen the videos you post of him like, he just looks like this little grown man <laughs> in the kitchen. But he does live up to that name. He's a leader, too. Does he know or understand the concept of he just got a bonus dad as well in mm -hmm. your new marriage? Yeah. So Ryan um, is in the Army. He has, like, a lot of Army stuff. And so he has this concept that he's, like, a superhero. He goes oh, against the bad guys. And this is a new phase for him, like super like it's he's transitioned to good guy bad guy just mm -hmm. from like the stuff he watches so he's always like he's a superhero i'm like oh the biggest blessing from this marriage now is like the kids my husband so he has three and so i went from one to four but it's we've blended so well um the two younger boys they're just buddy buddy with elon it is so beautiful because it's not always easy blending families mm -hmm. um we've been blessed yeah and shout out to step parents who step in willingly my dad the the only person i call dad he's my stepdad by the way i know my dad's gonna watch this on monday and <laughs> He's going to be like, I'm so glad that she actually gave thought into what the name of her son would be. My dad's name is Kim, K-I-M. They thought they were having a girl. They wanted to name her Kimberly and out came out a boy. And so they were like, Kim. So he's like, I just wish they could have paid a little bit more thought into my name because I yeah. had to grow up with that name. So it's funny that you said that I was giggling in my head like, oh, my dad's going to love that. <laughs> um, but anyway, being willing to step in in is truly a choice and a lot of people think that it's not 
it, it 100% is. Yeah. So. It, well, and stepping in, but, but not overstepping. So not, you know, trying to put space in between the ex-wife or cause drama or like, you know, like the kids are going through so much with this transition. So it's like, you, you just have to be like a loving being in their life because they're having all those thoughts and emotions yeah. going through them. And so my husband's oldest is a girl and so she's 12 and kind of when they went through the divorce that's like you know it's a tough time and so i'm always i take the side of like i'm like her friend i want to have fun with her but i also like when i see her because like i'm a little bit of a smart ass I love it. <laughs> and um sometimes she'll like roll her eyes and i'm like oh, i'll roll my eyes with her i'm like because there's we have all boys in the house so yeah. that's our little connection but at the same time like I always say like, well, what would your mom want? You know, let's, whatever your mom's rules are back home, let's just, let, let's input those here. I love that you mentioned the eye rolling, having the initiative to pay attention to those details. I also see that in my dad. My dad stepped in in ways that he didn't need to. He didn't yeah. have to. He didn't have to pay attention to the little details. He didn't have to get to know our personalities, but yeah. I love it. I want to talk about your casting. How does that even come about? So I have a few friends out of Dallas, one who was already on a big show, and then another one who her friend was the producer. And so she contacted me for the Dubai show and said, hey, I think this is going to be a great fit for you. Um, I went through a few interviews, a few over the phone, a few filmed, and then an in-person one. And I mean, at that time, I was like, one word to describe me was like, unapologetic like I was like major just finding my own again after a relationship that maybe kind of like held me down so that showed mainly on my Instagram a lot of it's hidden now so you're not gonna see it. <laughs> <laughs> um but it was mainly it was all through my Instagram so they found me through there interviewed the time frame it was just hard timing but so that one didn't work out then I got contacted I think a year and a half ago for another show this is from another producer out of um, that was going to do uh, women in real estate in Austin. And I don't think it ever got picked up. It's it's fascinating because I didn't know that when I sent you that DM. And we'll also talk a little bit about your fashion because your fashion is on fucking point. I remember going through your Instagram. Your fashion is just so timeless. And so I'm like, man, she would be perfect for like a reality TV. But she needs to be in front of a camera. I was in a journey at the time where don't hold back compliments to people. Doesn't matter if they're strangers. Doesn't yeah. matter if it's a boy doesn't matter if it's a girl shoot your compliments out to the world because people need to be reminded that people are watching and it's not always a negative context right and so of course me being positive patty i'm like i'm gonna tell her and i'm like wow well, you should be on reality tv show and i had no idea that you had already been in the works or in the process of doing something like yeah. that so again it's the universe and how it talks to us it's yeah. crazy i'm big on compliments also like i grew up humble beginnings but my mom was very kind to strangers she would treat like a CEO and a homeless man the same like with compliments and joy and just kindness and so I'm really big on that especially with my passion like that's the easiest way to start a conversation yeah. you know is and I just I love fashion one interesting fact about the outfits during that time period on my Instagram um, I started over after my divorce like started over with nothing nothing however if anyone can do that that's me because mm -hmm. I've started from nothing before. And so a lot of that time period, I would go out because I would have these events, purchase these outfits, take the photo, whatever. 
and take it back. Hell I was, yeah. I was that broke. <laughs> Hell yes. Hell yes. Yeah. And so sometimes people are like, my niece is like, well, where's that outfit that, because she's 19 and now she borrows all my clothes. And I'm like, oh, I took that back, honey. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that yeah. because the balance of luxury but coming from a humble beginning mm -hmm. is so spot on. Hearing you talk about your mom and how she was very respectful with how she treated a homeless to a CEO, that was so my mom too. That was instilled in me from day one. Mm -hmm. But do you think that has something to do with it? Um, I mean, she was always gaudy. So definitely, she's super gaudy. Like, she would love all of this. Um, Fashion-wise, it was mainly, no, I had no clothes. I, we were so broke. <laughs> I remember one time actually cheerleading, I think I was like 10, and I wore these overalls, and like Mickey Mouse overalls. I just got them, like I was kind of excited. And then one of the girls on my team, she was like, oh, did you, did your mom get those at our garage sale? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe. Mm. And then kind of she's like, yeah, those are my overalls. <laughs> oh, Never my forget God. that. So really like my- Was she a bitch about it or was she just being conversational you know, about it? It's, they just don't get it. They just, mm -hmm. it just, some stuff, they just, it just goes over their head. <laughs> so I try to not like hold grudges for mm -hmm. comments, what people say. Hearing your story about, you know, the dresses and taking them back after taking photos in them, you have to do what you have to do. And I think that's the part most people don't understand with being an entrepreneur, with being a business owner, is you really do have to do what you have to do. And for example, selling Sunset. Do you think most of those girls like own no. All of those outfits? Absolutely. No, that's what stylists are for on television. Yeah. They don't own those outfits. They're playing the part. Also, it's what you're attracting in your clientele, right? So yeah. if you are showing up somewhere in like a Chanel dress, more than likely the person who's going to know that it's Chanel, they're going to be like, hey, I love your Chanel dress. There really is a language to it that most people don't understand that playing the part is so important, but you have to do what you have to do. Yeah, and fashion for me is like, I just, it makes me feel better. So it's more of like, not so much of how people are gonna see me. Um, it's like how it makes me feel. Like, yep. I just feel better. I like, my energy comes off better. I love that. What was it like getting out into the dating world as a mom? Oh gosh. Uh, well, I... <laughs> <laughs> Post-divorce, your emotions are all over the place. I was in survival mode, trying to grind in real estate, trying to provide for my son. Um, I don't get child support. I, you know, there was nothing like that. So dating was just, I don't know, it was fun. I mm. had I had like a fun fling kind of boyfriend that was like to get my mind off of like, he wasn't local. Mm -hmm. So it was fun to like get away, go shopping. That kind of like relationship was super fun. Um, and then once that sizzled out, then I act, that was the first time I started dating in Austin. So that was like a year after. And I, it was not my cup of tea. So mm -hmm. my husband now though, we, we met on Hinge. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I went through a few before it was like, are, do you have a drug addiction? I don't know. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So I, I do not, I would not want to go back into that. So yeah, we met on Hinge and it's really funny because he's in real estate and I just got on Hinge and um, he contacted me pretty right away. We tried to set up a date and I like rescheduled twice because I was just in the mm. mode like, yeah, I'm just, I don't really want to deal with men right now. I was just trying yeah. to work. He's like, if, if you reschedule again, you're never going to hear from me. I was like, mm, I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, tell me what to do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. A little toxicity is okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Don't be such a pushover. <laughs> so, oh, gosh, I think you might be attracted to the same type of men. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so we went on a date and it wasn't like we didn't, he would say we hit it off right away. It wasn't right away for me. Um, but one thing you mentioned is like your stepdad, like made a choice to be in your life. And I remember when we first started dating, um, I had like a family emergency in Abilene, which is where I'm from three hours mm -hmm. west from here. And I'm like, sorry, I have to go. I know we have plans, but I can't make our, it was like a date night, you know, that he had like, he would put all these cool dates together mm -hmm. and he's like, okay, well, I'll just come with you. And I'm like, really? Typical guys that I dated before would be like, oh, really? I put all this time and effort into this date because they're just trying to get you out. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, I'll go with you. Like, and so he met my family like super quick, but he was just, he made the choice to be there through all like the nitty gritty at an early time in our relationship. So that mm -hmm. was when I was like, all right, like this is like a solid dude. Yeah. And going back to the control thing, because I'm, I'm learning a lot about our personalities being a little bit more similar than I thought. We're a little rebellious. We take control. We don't like to be told what to do. However, there is that key component to a partner that when they are able to be a little bit not controlling when I need someone that I can be a little bit submissive to, it's when I know mm -hmm. that it's it, they bring a good balance to me. Because usually if anyone tries to be controlling with me in any sort of form, it's a huge turnoff. Yeah. I, I don't like it in friendships. I don't like it in, in just in work environments. I don't like it. But there are certain friendships and there are certain relationships that do turn me into less of a control freak and more of a submissive person. And I thrive off of that mm -hmm. because not a whole lot of people can pull that out of me. It's the taking charge. If you're an alpha or I'm an alpha, you know you can do it all, but it doesn't mean that you want to do it all can make all the decisions you can thrive on your own and you don't want anyone telling you what to do but it's nice when they just can lead the way for a while and then like yeah it's like yeah like that's that's hot yes 100 <laughs> um, so and some men just don't get that they don't understand how to do it naturally like they'll be controlling in other ways and then very submissive in ways that you want them to step up so it's just finding the right match for that so. for sure i love it do you think that hot mess express train that you get on after a relationship that was maybe toxic or maybe not in the best terms do you think that's like a good thing to get out of your system uh yeah I, yes yeah so <laughs> i real i was a hot mess in my early like late teens early 20s when i say hot mess after my divorce it wasn't really i was more like fight or flight survival mode mm -hmm. that maybe i was making questionable decisions but ultimately not that bad but when i was younger so I grew up from a single mom and she might hate that I say this, but she, but it's good advice. You got to try it before you buy it. <laughs> Holy shit, Tessa. It is, I'll, I'll let you finish. This is just, I am just like, oh my gosh. And I, like you do, you need to try it. You need to get out there. You need to experience, dabble in a little bit of it all, find out who you are, and then it regroups you. And so my partner now grew up with a very different set of rules and values and then got stuck with something that probably wasn't the best match um, for so many years. And yeah. so it's like, that's when you go to try it before you buy it. <laughs> I, it's, I am 
I am like shook because literally just yesterday, <laughs> this is just wild. And I, I think this is why I'm like, I am so happy I'm pursuing meeting people and meeting strangers for the first time in person because I, I'm, I'm shook because it's something my partner and I were just talking about yesterday. It, it's, it's like eating food. You eat with your eyes first, you know, and that determines whether you're even interested. And so many people have this idea that like you shouldn't test drive before you drive or before right. you leave. Yeah. The, the lot you know and I, I I disagree with that I'm like yeah. no you have to you have to do that meeting Ryan had I not dated a few weirdos before or got stuck in a rebound relationship longer than I should have like I if I would have met him at the beginning it would have been the right timing because I was in that phase of like just seeing what's out there and then mm -hmm. I wouldn't I would have taken what he was and the man he was for granted because I'm like well I met this right away like what else could be out there you right. know because sometimes people can get caught up in like where did i i heard this maybe probably instagram you know mm -hmm. how it is like of we course. just philosophy of instagram <laughs> exactly uh it's like you find 80 percent of your match in someone and then sometimes you're always looking for that next 20 percent in someone else and it's like after you've been around and tried it's like you know that that 80 percent is huge mm -hmm. so you like you value it you respect it and you want to feed more love into that and that's that's where we're at now yeah it's so important for moms, and I'm not a parent, but I want moms to also know, and the reason I say this is because as I have a lot of girlfriends and a lot of girlfriends with kids, and it's so important, I always root for them to go out and be a hot mess after relationships, after you have kids, your exploration, your dating life, your scene, it doesn't have to change because you become a mom. And you're also allowed to be a hot mess mom. Yeah. Like I think like so many people think that, well, you're you're a mom. You shouldn't be out dating. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? And and I completely disagree with that. Again, it's the rebellion side of me. I'm like, no, you you owe it to yourself. You have to do what you have to do. Yeah. But the biggest key factor in all of that keep your solid support system of solid you know the solid friends who when you do really get out of line because it's gonna happen mm -hmm. they bring you back to center like yep. you know and i have one like solid girlfriend kara she's the best friend she moved to florida <laughs> so i have like no friends why florida <laughs> it's so humid out there i can't do it but she would remind me like oh this is really out of character and it was there was one night and i was like yeah you're totally right and so yeah. it's like keeping your solid foundation of friends girlfriends support system whoever that like they they allow you to be you they allow you to feel these ways and act out or do whatever you need to do but when it gets a little bit too far they really be back in and that's what will get you just that will get you through that that's just a season not like a huge chapter in your life no for sure and i think that's so important too is knowing in your circle who can reel you back in people outside of your circle will try to tell you that you're being a hot mess and i'm like well you don't know but when someone inside of your circle that you trust when they're the ones reeling you in i think it's so important knowing the difference don't listen to the outside that's telling you oh you're being a hot mess you're a mom get your shit together right. listen to the people in your circle who have the best interest in you who are like hey yeah bring it in a little bit but it's important to just keep solid friendships and you can go through the ups and downs of being a mom or you know whatever life throws at you as long as you have like your community someone to call like when you're having a bad day who's not gonna judge you and not gonna go air out your business to someone else
100%. That is something that's so huge in my circle is I don't have time to pass judgment on what it is that you're choosing to do. The people that have time to judge you are the people that don't have enough fucking time to do any internal work to go yes. out and see what they're doing. The people that are taking the time to pass judgment are the people that probably need to go find a fucking hobby, yeah. you know? When you moved to the Central Texas area, right, you had already been a mom or did you become a mom in Central Texas? I'm kind of like a nomad okay. from a young age. So after go-going, addiction overcame that. I moved to Colorado. Then I moved to Australia for a year. Love it. Um, and then I moved back to Dallas um, and then eventually moved to uh, Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. So I lived there five years, got pregnant out there, and it was like, I cannot like the rain like how yesterday was cold and rain that's every single day there mm. so I moved my company there and I moved my employees there so I had like an employee apartment employee car wow. and they came with me from Dallas and one of my girlfriends we were you know came from Dallas so we we're dressed up we're like okay let's go out in Portland and we're all dressed up and we go to a bar and they're like oh did you just guys just come from a wedding Stop. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like no it's Saturday night <laughs> And then, like, when I moved from Portland, I'm wearing flannels every day and boots. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I had to get out of there. I was pregnant. I wanted to get closer to family. Family's in West Texas. Don't want to move there. Didn't want to move back to Dallas. So Austin was like, if I can move back to Texas, this is where it's going to be. Yeah. Um, so I had my son in 2019. Been here ever since. And I'm I'm not moving. Um, It's beautiful. The people, the community is great. Like, I was at Lamppost Coffee earlier. Like Just favorites. the community, like, the vibe. Like, it's, it's healthy. It's like a healthy community. So. It is my favorite place in the entire world. Yeah. Lampo's Coffee. Yeah. I, a latte, literally, I think my fucking bloodstream, my <laughs> DNA is made out of llama latte. I like it half sweet. I like it hot. I like it full sweet. I like it cold. There is nothing llama latte I don't like at all. Oh, it's the most right. addicting thing ever. I just had one yesterday. Um, and I will say no one makes a better llama latte than this uh, barista named DJ. He's okay. the absolute best. Do you think over Overcoming something like addiction allows you the opportunity to be relatable to all walks of life. Yeah, I don't really put that out there a lot. I know a lot of people that that becomes their story and their mm -hmm. identity. That just was a part of my life at some point. Um, I did. I had to go into a treatment facility at, wow. at 16 for very hardcore stuff. If we want to get really deep. Yeah, let's do so it. So during that time, um, when you grow up with a single mom, usually you're the only one at home. Like I was, uh, there would be no food. Like I was by myself. So what do you do? You get out on the streets. You go to people's houses. You go around. You're trying to find someone with a car. You know, you grow up on the streets. And so I got with a rough crowd and doing some very rough stuff. And I'll never forget this because this was, I've always, always felt like God has had his hand of protection on my life. There's so many, my, my husband now, he's like, how did you survive? Like wow. I'll, all these little stories will come and he's like, how are you alive? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, God's grace. Really? Yeah. Like, I really believe like he's just protecting me for so, like some things he'll expose and you feel the hurt and you're like, oh, why'd that happen? But like some things I'm like, wow. Yeah. So this specific time period i was like 16 i had already wrecked a car i was charged with a felony i didn't actually get charged that was another protection like i didn't get charged with it because the way they filed it was wrong you're like yeah someone's <laughs> someone else's fuck up scene, yeah, right? it is. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> you're like more on the story again <laughs> learn how to pick a good lawyer <laughs> uh inner circle 
Um, so at that time I was 16 and my step grandmother at the time physically forced me into rehab. So it like held me down, locked me in the car, threw me in rehab. I went through detox, hated the world, blah, blah, blah. Well, the people I was with right before that, like literally right before, and these are the people that you're like in hotel rooms, lots of money everywhere, like sketch, sketch stuff, like going back to Dallas with trunk full, whatever. So that was like 2008, nine. They're still in prison. Wow. That whole entire group. Wow. Still in prison. And I've lived five lifetimes since then. So <laughs> dodged a huge bullet. So because of that, I never went to the extremes of that again. Like also like, you know, the party scene, you dabble with stuff. Um, and now it's just part of a lot of lifestyles to where it's like, it's not even a big deal. So, but having a kid changed a lot of that. So my ex and I, we were young business owners, made money at a young age. So we had a lot of fun, but having a kid just kind of pulled that all down. And then now my my recent chapter is just getting rid of alcohol. Yeah. So I come from a family of alcoholics, highly functioning alcoholics. My last boyfriend after my divorce was a drink a lot and it got me to where it was like, I needed a martini every day. And like, not every day, but it's just like, especially in real estate, it's no, everywhere. Sure. It's like, you know, every little networking event is alcohol. Um, yeah. So I started getting support with that and just not because it was out of line. There was nothing that's been like, oh my gosh, that's like unacceptable. Right. It was just, I knew in my heart and my soul that like if I'm gonna reach what God has for me in store this is like the devil's little like chain on me pulling me down and I can't reach my full fulfillment if I'm you know like one with alcohol is like it affects my relationships because I get too snappy or you know so that's where I'm at now and it's it's an ongoing cycle of like yeah. you know trying to not being in networking events like understanding the situation Alex Kaufman has been a huge support um just him shedding his sobriety and what he's overcome and just seeing that it's okay to drink water it's okay not to order a glass of wine it's nice the road's not over for this one because it's still you just have the cravings I lost 10 pounds and from stopping drink alcohol yeah. like so I've seen the benefits. Let's just see how long I can. Yeah, I have to share this with you because hearing you talk about sobriety, hearing you talk about, you know, everything that you just talked about, I will say this to you, when you are able to find compassion for yourself is the reason why you exude compassion for others. Having a very vanilla, clean cut journey, it's not relatable. Yeah. And it's always overcoming those adversities. They build character, but they also allow us the opportunity to have self-compassion. And without self-compassion, you cannot have it for others. Oh, and so that I, is so good. <laughs> and so I really do believe when people do share those stories, when people do get that vulnerable in their stories, it's a really good reminder for me that's like, well, no wonder we're getting along. Yeah. You've seen yourself at your lowest, so there's no way a stranger like me could even have an idea of what your lowest looked like. So you, yeah. you've seen it. And there's beauty in it. So there is someone super close in my life that was like, oh, wow, if I were your parent, I would be heartbroken if I was your parent. And it just did not sit right with me because I'm thinking, do you know how fucked up I could have been? <laughs> I think it's beautiful that I was able to listen to my intuition so many situations I was in were like, okay, something's off. I'm out of here. There's beauty in that. There's 100%. beauty in overcoming that and going through it. Like as long as you 
can get your shit together eventually, move on, and you know, yeah, treat yourself with compassion. It's it's huge. Well, and for the people that don't like to admit they've ever fallen off the wagon, again, falling off the wagon is so important every journey that you take, you know, falling off your rock or whatever it is that you call it, it's healthy for you because it's how you appreciate it even better when you get back on. Sometimes life has a very clever way of reminding you that's like, hey, you know, sure, maybe you've been sober for 10 years and you fall off the wagon and you take a sip of alcohol and it leads you through this rough patch again. But you know what? When you get back on that wagon, you're going to be like, wow, I miss this rewarding feeling. Sometimes those off the wagon moments are crucial to our development, to our growth, you know? Well, and that's why we're entrepreneurs and in real estate, that's why everyone's, you know, they're getting W-2 jobs and I'm like, this is nothing because I can fail and get back up. I can fail over and over and over and over and over and get back up. And yeah. that's what makes you successful in a real estate industry for sure. 100%. Because you are going to get knocked down. The entire first year was like terrible, but because I know like you just stick to it, you're going to overcome it. You're going to overcome it. So for anyone listening who wants to do real estate, I know there, there are some people who think it's a very glamorous thing, but you're absolutely right. Knowing how to get back up after you've been told no 75 million times is crucial and not just real estate for anything in general, because I actually did an episode where I talked about how all of my highs came with the lowest of lows. And I think that's so important to share because people have this idea. They'll see your outfits. They'll see the kind of car you drive, which I saw by the way. It's so beautiful. <laughs> they'll have this idea that's like, oh, it must have been easy. She's a pretty girl. She loves designer stuff. She makes good money in real estate. But people don't know that those come with some of the most disgusting loves ever. And that's the same thing for me. When people have this idea of like, oh, his Goyard bag, he loves Louis Vuitton. Legit, people need to understand that it being successful always comes with the lowest of lows. And once you reach the top, again, a, a bottom's gonna come. It's a, it's a constant up and down. Success does not look down and up and stays there. It goes up and down like waves. Yeah, it's not your Instagram profile. That is not success. Mm -hmm. Where everything is selective and look appears great. It's more of like, how many videos did you delete before you posted? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, all those little fuck ups because that's the reality of it. It is. And it's so interesting you say that about Instagram because something I've been meaning to talk about, I just didn't know how to put it on an episode. The ideas and perceptions that come out of Instagram. My Instagram was not intended to share dirty laundry. My Instagram is, is a place where I post shit that makes me feel good and where I do share some gritty stuff on my stories. My feed, what I post on there, it's it's just that, it's Instagram. Instagram doesn't even cover a quarter of my life, yeah. not even on my story. Right. But so many people think like, oh my gosh, like you're a good housewife or you're this and that. People only post the good on Instagram. They never post the bad shit. Well, why would I? That's not what my Instagram's for. Instagram's not my place to go and be like, oh, got into this disagreement with my partner. We don't have the most perfect relationship. Not everyone has the same agenda. And you're absolutely right. Looking at someone's Instagram, it's selective, yeah. you know? So your son, he's four now. Let's say 10 years from now, he's going to find this episode on what he's going to be like, ah, oh, Spotify, what an oldie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, you know? Or YouTube, what's YouTube, you know? 10 years from now, when he's 14 and he finds this episode, what do you want him to take from this episode? That it's okay to be you. It's okay to adventure and take risks as long as you always remember like God's your creator who is going to show you abundant 
love and get you through it and just don't forget that because I've had a period of time where I kind of forgot that and then things got messy and now, now I'm at like, oh wow, yeah, I gotta get back to like, God is the main focus, but God first. Then your family, keep your family close. And I went through a period to where I took those for granted and lost those relationships and keeping God, family, and yourself listening to your intuition. That's listening to your intuition will save you 99% of your problems. <laughs> that's definitely something, and, and I find it fascinating because in almost every episode, the word intuition keeps coming up and I am just, I'm, I'm a strong believer in that. So I think if he looks back in this 10 years from, well, I mean, I don't know, kids are so advanced. So he'll probably look back at this and like, two years or something <laughs> but I think that he's gonna one see how you glow when you talk because I think that's what I'm also taking from this episode it's like out of chaotic situations do come beautiful results and so even though your relationship may not have worked even though there were restraints of you know you're not allowed to go pursue this because of this or for whatever the reasonings were something beautiful came from it and now you have this like little cool chef in the house that yeah. also dances with his mom and it's like what a beautiful outcome i love it it was so nice to meet yeah. you i'm mind blown because i'm like i am being selective with who i invite over to meet in person for the first time i'm going with my intuition i'm going with my gut and little did i know we would have so much in common you're not gonna so. get rid of me yeah, yes. <laughs> i was like i need friends i love it so yeah. anyone listening please reach out because if you're local let's go for coffee let's like try to build our community because that's my that's my goal right now we have all these great people let's like I'm trying to like dive into our community yeah. and build into our community. It's awesome. It was so nice to meet you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. No? Thanks for having me. Thank in your you. Beautiful home. Badass. Yeah. High five. Yes. We got that it. shit done. Hey, if you've made it this far, don't forget to follow the socials on the screen or in the description below. And don't forget to subscribe to this channel. See you next week.